Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello, everyone. Hello, 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 and hello. That's right. Uh, hello to all of you around the world listening to this episode. How are you doing today? I hope you're doing okay. I hope you're fine and that you are completely ready to listen to this new episode of my podcast. Are you ready? Hmm? Yes, I'm talking to you. Uh, are you ready to enter the listening zone That's right. Come in. Come on. In you come. Into the listening zone. Look, I've left the door open for you. That's it. Come in. Close the door when you've when you've entered the listening zone, please, because it's quite cold today. We don't want to get any cold drafts in here. That's it. Everyone in. Okay, good. Now, a couple of things before we get started. First of all, voting is currently underway in the Wispolep competition. That's why I should be on Luke's English podcast. Voting has started, as you may know, if you've heard the previous episode of this podcast. If you haven't voted yet, then head over to teacherluke.co.uk slash wispolep to hear all the entries and to choose who you think should be interviewed in an episode of the podcast. You can find the voting form there, tap the names of the people you want to vote for, and then click vote. The voting closes on the 6th of December at midnight Central European time. Also, hello premium subscribers. Hello there. You might have seen that I've uploaded parts one and two of premium series 27. So check that out in the Luke's English podcast app in the premium section or on the website. Premium 27 is an error correction series. It will be an eight part series in total. Parts one and two are available for you now. In that series, I'm not just correcting some common errors, but I'm also using those errors as a starting point to teach various bits of vocabulary, grammar and pronunciation. So check that out in the LEP app or on the website. Premium 27 parts one and two are already available for you. Also coming very soon to Luke's English Podcast Premium and possibly even available now, depending on when you listen to this, because I'm hoping to do this today or maybe tomorrow. Um, coming soon uh, is an episode with over 50 phrases from the conversation that you're going to hear in this episode. I've picked out over 50 things which I think that you might miss or that you might not know, and it will help you to understand this conversation a lot more and will help you to use it to expand your English beyond the benefits of only listening to it. Is this clear? No, it's not, not completely clear, Luke. I'm slightly confused. Okay, basically what I'm saying is that uh, so premium 27, fine, but also I'm doing premium 28 and that's going to be all about language which comes up in this conversation, in this episode that you're listening to now, okay? All right, basically sign up to Luke's English Podcast Premium if you know what's good for you. 
Um, and if you want to find out how to access the premium episodes and to get all the relevant information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info. Okay, so in this episode, you can hear me in conversation with Lucy Earle from the English with Lucy YouTube channel. Do you know English with Lucy on YouTube? I'd be very surprised if you didn't, to be honest. I think that she has to be one of the most famous English teachers on YouTube, certainly one of the most well-known British English teachers on that platform. Her YouTube channel currently has over 5 million subscribers. Yeah, only 5 million. And that number is growing all the time. Last time I checked, it was like four point something. And then checking today, it says 5.06 million. So she's doing quite well, isn't she? Yeah, not bad. But yes, it is a huge success. And earlier this year, Lucy actually mentioned this podcast. She mentioned Luke's English podcast in one of her videos, and she recommended it as a good way to learn English through listening. And I thought to myself, hello, Lucy knows about Luke's English podcast, and apparently she likes it. That's nice. Maybe I should invite her onto the podcast for a bit of a chat. So that's what I did, and that's what you're going to get here. A friendly chat with Lucy Earle from English with Lucy. Here's a quick rundown of what comes up in the conversation you're about to hear, okay? So we talk about our accents and how they change sometimes depending on who we're with. We talk about Lucy's educational background and university life. We talk about learning Spanish and how she managed to get fluent because she is fluent in Spanish. We talk about getting recognised or not getting recognised by people who've seen her videos how she got into teaching and how she started her YouTube channel, some stories of living and hanging out in London where she went to university, what it's like sharing a flat with lots of other people and the conditions we lived in and things we did when we were students, the process of making video content and her approaches to managing her time, the experience of being a content creator at home, including how to stay focused and motivated and avoiding distractions like social media and procrastination in general, how organised or disorganised we both are in various aspects of our lives, including, for example, how tidy our bedrooms are, life on the farm, because Lucy lives on a farm these days, and how the weather is so important to farming life, what Lucy plans to do in the future, including some details of a new pronunciation course that she has set up. As you listen to this, I would like you to spot the moments of humour that come up. Maybe you'll notice them, which is great, but I just want to flag this up as a little thing to focus on at the beginning. I wonder if you will spot all of the humorous moments. Try to listen out for those things. In fact, try to listen out for these things in, in particular. So, two things. First of all, listen out for moments of self-deprecation, self-deprecating humour. And this means putting yourself down in order to be modest or to not appear arrogant, perhaps saying things which aren't really true, but saying them just to be humorous and to show that you don't take yourself too seriously. So that's self-deprecation. I want you to try to notice that. And the other thing is innuendo or innuendos. And there are four or five specific innuendos in this uh, conversation for you to notice. So 
Um, innuendo means, and by the way, that is spelt I double N U E N D O. Innuendo. This means pointing out things which could have a sexual meaning or outright saying things that obviously have a double meaning which is sexual. Okay? All right. So basically, this means saying things which are rude and sexual, but not saying them directly just kind of hinting at it, suggesting that something has a sexual meaning, saying something a bit ambiguous that could also be rude if you think about it. And this often involves things like the verb do, which is actually quite an ambiguous verb because it can mean several things. One of the things that the verb do can mean can also mean having sex. Right, now I'm not going to say more at the beginning, but I just wanted to flag those things up as little bits of humour to notice. Moments of self-deprecating humour and a few innuendos as well, okay? Now, if you don't really understand what I'm talking about, then don't worry. I will explain it all later in the episode. After the conversation, I'll go back to those things and I'll explain the the specific moments I was talking about, okay? A couple of moments of self-deprecation and four or five specific innuendos to listen out for, okay? I'll highlight them more specifically at the end. Also, there's a video version of this conversation on my YouTube channel, and that's just the conversation without this introduction and my outro. Uh, So if you'd like to watch the two of us speaking, and for example, if you want to see me blush when at one point Lucy mentions taking off her clothes, then you can. If you want to see my red face, just go to my YouTube channel and check out the video there. Don't forget to like and subscribe as well, okay, guys? Don't forget to smack that like button. Um, Actually, just clicking it or tapping it is fine. No need to actually smash the like button. You might damage your computer or phone or tablet. Um, But anyway, I will now let you listen to our chat. Watch out for the things I mentioned. Try to keep up, and I hope that you simply enjoy listening to this conversation with Lucy Earle from English with Lucy. And here we go. Hello, Lucy. Hello. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you. I'm quite excited because I think I mentioned your podcast in a video. You did. Quite a while back. And I never, never once imagined that I would be on it. It's very exciting. Thank you. Thank you for mentioning my podcast on in in one of your videos my my sort of like email subscriber list went boing and i was like hello uh, yes and that's you, exciting yeah that's great you live on a farm don't you i do i live on a farm in england my fiance so the man i'm going to marry is a farmer uh, he does mainly arable which is crops so uh, wheat barley beans it's all very exciting we have very different jobs and i think that's why it works <laughs> yes no animals there then no no it's all arable now arable crops okay very nice do you make bread and stuff there no we just sell it on and someone else makes it to be honest i am i don't know much too much about what goes on that's my fiance and his dad they do all of that and i just stay in my little studio and sometimes hear a, a tractor reversed past, but that's it, really. <laughs> okay, I see, I see. That's fantastic. So, Lucy, right, where, where, where are you from, actually? 
So I'm from Bedfordshire, uh, a little village. I grew up there. Um, and then I went to university in London and Spain. And now I'm in Cambridgeshire. Do you have an accent? Is it, these are the questions that learners of English often will ask. So I speak, from what I can tell, with the modern RP accent, the modern received pronunciation accent, but there are definite hints of estuary English in there as well, especially when I'm talking with my family or with my friends. When you speed it up, glottal stops start coming in and other little pronunci- pronunciation quirks. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's so much blending now with accents and dialects. Yes. Definitely. What about you? I think I'm probably the same, although I've got, I don't know, can you, can you hear any hint of an accent? I mean, obviously everyone's got an accent. If you speak, you have an accent, but can you, can you hear any sort of uh, regional flavour in there at all or, or, or not? I, I wonder. wonder, this would be a guess. I, I'm not that good at working out where people are from, but are you from the south of London? Well, I'm fr- actually from London and the Midlands. So I've spent oh, okay. lots of time in West London and then right. also lots of time in the West Midlands as well. So, oh, so which, which city or town? Sort of Solihull, Warwickshire, that area. Oh, okay. My grandparents live there. Oh, really? Yeah, lovely uh, area. Yeah, it is. It is nice. So when I'm with my friends, sometimes it some, sort of becomes a bit more oh, grummy like that. You know, yeah. I can start sounding a bit more like I'm from <laughs> Solihull or something. But then I've I lived in London a lot of my life as well, so I have... Most of the time, a normal sort of received pronunciation accent, not dissimilar to yours. That's the thing, isn't it? It's it's definitely the people you spend time with. So yeah. when I learned Spanish, I was with my ex-boyfriend who was Spanish. Well, he still is. He's still alive. <laughs> and um, and yet yeah, he is from Seville. So I very quickly went from schoolgirl Spanish uh, to a kind of Andalusian accent. And that was quite interesting. And... Will went to university in Sirencester, which is in the Cotswolds, and it seems to be quite a posh university. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny because when he's with his friends, I see him adapting to a slightly posher accent. And then when he's on the farm with farm workers, with his family and his dad, I see him almost go the other way. It's so interesting to watch people adapt to other people. Yeah, Yeah, it's totally normal and natural as well to to adapt Mm. to your, your accent like that. What did you do at university? I studied marketing. Ah, and yes, uh, has that has that helped you in in what you do? Do you think? Definitely, it's it's amazing nowadays because uh, marketing has changed so much and so quickly. It's always changing. I mean, we did a, a subject on digital marketing, and we didn't even touch on Facebook or social media or influencers because this was 2012 to 2016. Uh, whereas now, I think if they did a um, a segment or a session on that. I think it would be all about influencer marketing and Facebook ads and things like that. Mm. So what I did learn uh, was mainly through examples of what previous marketing companies had done, successful campaigns, mess ups. It was very, very interesting. Mm. Uh, But I think for marketing, you've just got to learn as you go along and use a lot of instinct. Yes. Okay. Spanish. You talked about learning Spanish. So Wait a minute, you went to university in, in Westminster, right? University of yes. Westminster. And That's it. then and, and marketing. And so what about Spanish then and, and moving to Spain? How did that happen? Yeah, so I loved Spanish at school um, and I was always desperate to spend some time out there. Uh, when I was 
16, 17, I used to work in a pub and I used to save up all my money uh, to then pay for a, a Spanish course for a week each half term yeah. over in Seville. Mm. And I knew that I wanted to spend at least some of my university time in Spain. So I chose a university with an Erasmus programme. Did you, have you ever heard of Erasmus? Yeah, it's basically an international studying programme, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's something that I imagine the UK won't be a part of when it leaves the, the EU, which is so sad because it was such an amazing, amazing programme. Mm. International students from all over Europe would come together and study together. It was awesome. And so I did that in Madrid. And then I stayed, that was for a term. And then I stayed on for another year. Uh, it was meant to be a marketing placement year. A placement is like um, when you are put with a company, paid a salary, but it forms part of your university degree. Mm -hmm. uh, but the company shut down, so I ended up being an English teacher. And, ah. and here we are. Yeah. <laughs> Another person who ended up being an English teacher, which is quite, funny. quite common. Yeah, definitely. Uh, okay, but tell me about learning Spanish, because like, um, how is your Spanish, by the way? It's good. I would consider... It's good. So arrogant. I, I mean, it's fluent. Mm -hmm. um, I am fluent in Spanish because, and I heard you mention this when you did a podcast with your wife, it's very hard to change the accent that kind of dominates your relationship. Yeah. I'm not sure how you put it in a much better way than I've just put it. I think it. maybe I said something like, um, you know, once you start a relationship in one language, then it's very hard to move up. You know, it's, it's, it's that, that defines the relationship. And that's exactly it. And that's exactly what happened with my ex-boyfriend. Uh, we started speaking in Spanish together and he wasn't, he wasn't particularly fluent in English at the time. He actually found it very embarrassing to talk with me in English, which was quite interesting. Mm. I never expected that. Mm. And uh, and so that is, I'm sad to say, one of the best ways to get fluent in another language <laughs> is to shack up with someone. <laughs> Learning by doing. As, Definitely. As it's called. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, yeah. okay, okay. But... um. Okay, so but you, you don't have like, uh, do you still work on your Spanish these days? Um, not as much as I'd like to. Uh, the farm is quite restrictive, so we can't really leave, uh, especially not during the summer, yeah. um, which is the time that I would love to go to Spain lots. I might start doing it more in the future. Um, but I do have quite a few Spanish friends I'm still in contact with, um, but I'm not actively working on it. And it did, it did kind of get to a level where I wasn't really learning the language anymore it was more just honing it a little bit and I definitely hadn't learned it like grammar in a book I, I just learned through speaking and immersion so for example I always had a huge problem with accents you know the the little yeah. written accents yeah um because I never learned where they went so I just never used them I just used spoke spoken Spanish and um so that that's almost like a little bit of a regret because when I when I write Spanish, I don't feel that it comes across that I know Spanish as well as I do. So that's why I always push my students to make sure they understand the grammar as mm. well and, the, and English spelling if they can. Uh, but it's not the most important thing. If you just want to speak it, then just talk and listen. Mm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so and, and so after going to university, doing the marketing, doing the Spanish thing, how, how long were you living in Spain? Were you there for, for a long time? I lived there for nearly two years. Okay. 
Um, but I lived in England with my Spanish boyfriend for another two years as well. So it was basically four years of immersion. Yeah. Um, and we were living in London together and working little jobs in London whilst I was at uni. And one thing I discovered was that Spanish people are just so friendly um, that they immediately met all of the other Spaniards in London and stayed together as a group. I mean, they had the most fantastic social life amongst mm. themselves. Um, so it was great for me. It was terrible for my partner because it meant he didn't meet any other yeah. English speakers to talk to. <laughs> um, but it was great for me. So I had my mini Spain within London, where did which the, was awesome. Where did the Spanish people hang out? Was it in a particular part of town? It was all in houses. Ah, but there was one nightclub called, I think, Zubar or something. Oh, yeah. Or Tiger Tiger. Tiger Tiger. Oh, I can't remember. Tiger Tiger. The, the inf- I think it was that. The infamous, was- the infamous Tiger Tiger in Piccadilly Circus, right? Yes, that was it. And I remember once going along to a language exchange event there, but I didn't realise this. I just thought it was a... <laughs> <laughs> language exchange. Was it, was it? Were they just exchanging languages or...? Just languages. Just... What should we call it? A tongue exchange. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> And uh, you were meant to, there was a face painter there. Mm-hmm. And she said to me, so, you know, where are you from? What do you want? And I said, oh, uh, I'd like a melon, uh, like a watermelon. And so I had a watermelon painted on my face. I remember her being like, okay, uh, that's fine. And then I left the painting studio and everyone else had their flags painted on their faces. So you could see where they're from. And I was there with a bloody melon on my face. Why did you want a melon on your face? <laughs> It's my favourite fruit. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. There we are. <laughs> Everyone's there with a the, with the flag on, which is the perfect conversation starter. Oh, I see you're from blah, blah, blah. And you're like with a melon. And they're like, what what, uh, what flag is that? If you're not hell of, heard of melanonia or wherever it is that... <laughs> I know. Mm, okay. Yeah. <laughs> tiger, tiger. I remember my students uh, in London, when I was teaching in London, uh, they would sometimes go to Tiger, Tiger. I don't know how people found it. It was just like, it's all word of mouth, isn't it? It's all yeah. word of mouth. And the name is quite memorable as well. But people, you know, I'd like hear from the students, oh, yeah, everyone's going to Tiger Tiger tonight. I'd be like, all oh, right, okay. Did this... you ever go? No, I never went. Oh, see, I was a bad teacher. I did go. Whilst I was in my last year of university, this was the year after Spain, mm-hmm. I was so desperate to keep my kind of Spanish alive and to still interact with Spanish people that I did a lot of teaching. And then I became really friendly with my students which is always something that isn't recommended, but is often impossible because you're often yeah. of a similar age, similar yeah. sense of humour. And and I did go to Tiger Tiger a couple of times, which was also around the same time I started my YouTube channel. And then I slowly started realising that more and more people were watching yeah. and I couldn't misbehave at Tiger Tiger with a melon on my face. <laughs> do you get, get recognised sometimes? Hardly ever. Hardly ever. I mean, when I go to London or I go abroad, then yes, but I hardly go and especially not in lockdown. Mm. Uh, But I did have one funny experience. I went to Bali in Indonesia Mm -hmm. with Will. This was our first holiday together. So I was feeling, you know, quite excited because I knew that a large part of my audience came from Indonesia. Mm. Um, They're a very vocal group. They love to comment and say, oh, hello from Indonesia. They're just so friendly. So I I was pretty sure that I was going to meet someone out there that might have watched my videos yeah. and um, we were at this tourist attraction I think it was a hole in a cliff and if the wave hit it right then water would spurt out it was mildly disappointing <laughs> uh, but uh, this group of girls 
ran up to us and said, "Oh, can we take your picture? Can we take your picture?" And、uh, then proceeded to hand me the camera to have a picture with William because I'd never seen such a tall person before. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I felt so humbled. <laughs> Will found that you, hilarious. You, you were the third most interesting prospect at that location. Like the, yes, the, the basically, water、If、flying、that. out of a hole. One will、yeah. second, and then you third in this、oh. case. In this case,、um, yeah, it, it didn't do my ego any good,、uh, but it was very, very funny. Yeah, yeah, definitely.、Um, okay, so when did you when did you start when did you choose to start doing YouTube? Videos then. Well, I had the idea for quite a while、uh, because I was around nineteen when I started teaching English.、Um, I did a TEFL qualification in Seville,、mm-hmm. and、um, and then I was they hired me there to stay on and and work, which blew my mind. But now I'm understand why. <laughs>、um, but. Yes, I accepted a very low wage,、uh, and they just thought that being a native blonde British girl was enough to teach these, you know, loads of students.、Mm-hmm. I thought they liked me anyway.、Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yes,、yeah, so I started teaching, but obviously had no experience. I'd I'd never really dealt that much with grammar. I'd learnt a limited amount of Spanish grammar, and then just kind of winged it a yeah, bit. Yeah, winged it or wung it. What do you think? It's got to be winged. It's got to be winged. It, isn't it? Because where, where are you getting wung from? To wing something, wing like wing, a wing wang wung, wing wang wung, sing sang sung. Yeah, maybe. But I guess yeah. When you turn a, a noun, the wing into a verb to wing it, which is obviously listeners,、yeah. viewers, meaning to make something up on the spot to kind of improvise. Yes, exactly.、Uh, that. When you haven't prepared properly,、um, then.、Um, Which is often the best way sometimes, but anyway, absolutely.、Uh, wing, yes. To when you turn a noun into a verb, how do you then conjugate that verb if the if if it's new? No. So wing. That's the thing. I think winged. Wing, winged. Winged. We'll go with winged. I still think wung has more of a charm. Yeah, maybe.、Uh, but winged is fine.、Uh, yeah. So I was winging it. Oh, I didn't even need to use that verb yeah, in the end. Right. Just, okay. Just use the continuous <laughs> form. No problem. There we are. <laughs>、um, I was winging it.、Um, I. I had to teach, prepare students for exams, and I just knew if these students were going to pass, then I really needed to up my game.、Mm. Great phrase, that isn't it?、Uh, There's another one, vocab hunters. Improve, yeah. Up your game. Up your game. With, do you explain as you go along, or do you have a? Yeah, sometimes,、sheet? sometimes I probably should more, but sometimes it depends. If the conversation is flowing, then we just go with the flow.、Yeah. But uh, yes, uh, to up your game. Yeah, I think it's. I think probably fairly clear. To raise your game,、yeah. up your game. Raise your game as well, yeah. To to really start to make an effort. Yeah, improve,、um, improve. I guess basically, or, or,、mm-hmm. or yeah, make more of an effort in order to improve.、Mm-hmm. You started yes, to raise your、definitely. game. You started to up your game. I did, I did, and、um, I started to really look into the grammar. I was finding that grammar books just weren't they weren't helping me. So I started looking on YouTube, and I could see that a lot of、uh, there were a lot of teachers. Basically, filming their classes.、Um, yeah. Or, normally, they were intending it for a very small audience, and then it went viral and reached a very big audience. Yeah.、Uh, but it was often teachers that were were treating the camera as if it were their classroom of six to thirty students. Yeah.、Um, and I learned a lot from them, but I just noticed a little bit of a gap in the market, so an opportunity,、um, a, a business opportunity there. 
um, and thought, I think I could do that. Mm-hmm. But I didn't want to do it at that point because I didn't feel like a skilled enough teacher. So I just kept it in the, in the back of my head and honed my teaching skills, did as much training as I could, did as much studying as I could. And, um, and then in the, in the end, f- absolutely fell in love with in, uh, teaching English because at the time I was just thinking of it as a way to fill a year because I couldn't re-enroll in university for that year. And my placement uh, scheme had failed. The company had gone bust. They had yeah. collapsed financially, mm, gone mm. out of business. Mm. And but actually, towards the end, I, was, I started to think, this is what I want to do. I love teaching. Yeah. So when I went back to England, I carried on teaching. And then in the final, the beginning of the final semester of my final year at university, I started the channel, which was very exciting. Yeah. And it's, it's doing so well. It's, I mean, uh, how, how do you feel about the response that you've had? Because like you've got what, like four point something million subscribers on YouTube. You've got to be one oh, yeah. of the most famous English teachers on YouTube, certainly one of the most famous British English uh, teachers on YouTube. It's a, it's a bit of a sensation, isn't it? You've been in the newspapers and stuff. You're making me blush. If I wasn't wearing so much makeup, you'd see me being bright red. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it's true. Yeah, it's true. I, it's very, I'm just blown away by the response to it. Um, I certainly wasn't the first to do something like this, but I... I I'd like to think I, everyone brings something different to the table. It just so happened that I really gelled with my audience. And yeah, it's, it's been awesome because it really has gone like that. Um, for the podcast listeners, I'm showing a, an upward slope. Uh, but I've, I still recognise some people that were um, there from the very beginning as well. Yeah. So it's awesome. That's brilliant. Um, but yes, to start it off, my dad, um, I, I told my dad about my idea. My dad had a business as well. He's slowly retiring now, but mm. he um, he had a business. And so he was someone I trusted to talk about business things. And he asked me to bring him a business plan. Um, so I I think I wrote it on noted on note paper, lined paper. Yeah. I wish I still had it. I'd have loved to have seen it. Yeah. Uh, but in the end, we agreed that he would lend me uh, a £500 business loan to buy a second-hand, a second-hand camera body. And I say yeah. body because that's very important mm. and a tripod. So I ordered these, put them together. Uh, also, I had to pay them back with interest as well. That was the important part of it. Um, but it's like, like Dragon's I, Den or something. Yeah, it, it was like this. It was with a very friendly dragon. <laughs> <laughs> I think he just wanted to do it properly. He didn't want me to be just handed money to do do something. He wanted it to be a serious exchange. And um, I put this camera on the tripod and I just looked at it and I thought, that doesn't look like Zoella's camera. It doesn't look quite right. And I hadn't bought a lens. So it was just this lensless <laughs> DSLR or DLSR or whatever it yeah. is. Just on the, So filming was postponed for another week whilst the lens arrived. <laughs> yeah. Was it, was it a bit of a learning curve dealing with the cameras and the technology? Because for me, uh, video and editing video and uploading video is a, is a huge uh, uh, pain in the neck, to be honest. Yes. Yes. Because for the first two years, I was doing it all myself. Now I have enlisted the help of a couple of editors because I'm really not good at editing. And what I can do in eight hours, they do in two. Yeah. Uh, but it was, it was hard work because I was running my own mini language academy. So I had six students in at a time to do the Cambridge exams, mm-hmm. uh, trying to keep time free to also film. 
but I was also living with flatmates who were sharing this space, so I had to do it whilst they were out at work. I just dread to think what would have happened had, a, had the pandemic hit when I was trying to do all that. Yeah. It would have been a nightmare. All those poor people who are just waiting. To, yeah, to... waiting to get started. Um, but now I feel that phones and camera equipment, you can do it in your own room. I don't think I would have been able to do it back then. Yeah. Um, I, feel, I really feel for the people in flat shares yeah. during the pandemic. That's not fun. Stuck with people that they don't necessarily yeah. want to be stuck with. Yeah, especially if they're from abroad and they've come over. Lots of British people stuck here are lucky to go back to their parents' home mm-hmm. at least. Mm-hmm. Normally, your parents tend to have a bit more space than you can afford to have in London. But yeah, if you're having to go back abroad, maybe you just can't really sucks yeah did you did you ever do a flat share except for like you lived with your your ex but um did you ever do a flat share have you ever had yes, that experience I did lots yes i did one at university with six students that was a nightmare yeah uh, because we no one did the washing up and i remember going on a three-week language course to italy once coming back and just seeing all of my saucepans full of pasta sauce yeah um and mold and this guy, the flatmate, had cooked in each of them and just left them for three weeks. And I remember, I think I called security and the security guard came and said, I'm not going to help you with your <laughs> I was 18. I was a drama queen. You're like, security. And the security was like, yeah, what's the problem? Yeah. Look. He's like, like, you loser. I'm not doing the washing up. What are you talking about? No, there's something living in there. I know. I cringe so much at some of the things I did when I was younger. That, yeah. that is quite a common thing, though, at university in the UK. I don't know if it's the same everywhere, everywhere else. I, I often ask myself this question, um, whether or not, for example, um, uh, people in other countries do university in the same way that we do. For example, the fact that, uh, yeah, we often have to live with other students. Uh, there are no grown-ups around. And I say grown-ups because, you know, often when you're a student, you're not properly grown-up. And uh, other other things like, you know, you don't look after yourself properly, you don't eat properly. The kitchen is often a bit of a mess. No one does the washing up. Is that is it the same in other countries? I don't know. Yes, I got given a book by my student called. Oh, La Coinquilina di Merda, I think, or something like that. Right. It was in Italian. And um, I also got given the Spanish version as well. I think I told the same story to different nationalities of students because <laughs> both of my Christmas presents were the same book but in mm-hmm. different languages. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it's just, I think it's part of growing up, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Living away from home and living in a certain level of squalor. I was the same. I lived in a, in a, in a house in Liverpool with about eight other people and the kitchen was a total disaster zone. I mean, yeah. I could go into the stories, everyone, but it's a bit disgusting. You know, things growing in the kitchen and like, oh, no. you know, there being one weekend, one Saturday where it's like, right, we're going to do it. You know, stra- yeah. going, strapping on the marigolds and just attacking the kitchen. It sort of takes all day. It's like a military operation almost. Um, I actually forgot that I lived in the worst flat share ever, which was illegal. It must have been. I can't even imagine how illegal it was. It was the first I was ju- I had just I think I was 17 because I was young for my age. So I actually graduated school before I was. 18. Right. Because uh, the school year ended in June, in May. Young, and I, my birthday's in June. Young for your age? Yeah. Young for your... Uh, young for my year at school. Yeah, I know, I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And um, I moved into this little 
well, this house in Finsbury Park in London, mm -hmm. and there were eleven of us. Oof. Eleven of us, but I think it had started off as you know seven or eight, but everyone had partners that moved in and everything. We were all Spanish apart from well, apart from me, but I could speak Spanish apart from one poor Italian guy who couldn't speak any Spanish or English, and uh, we had to like communicate through simple tools and. <laughs> Gestures, mime, sign language, like you uh, do the do the washing, washing up? up. No, no, me me neither. Yeah, yeah, it was a bit intense. Um, I'm going to ask you more about your videos. Uh, okay, if that's all right cool. by you. Making your videos, then how how much time does it take for you to make? Because I, you know, I do audio mainly, and it takes quite a long time to do one single episode from the idea to it being published. That takes quite a, that can take a long time, like hours, depending on the episode, sometimes days. Uh, but uh, what about video? How about you? Yes, it's, it's a big, big task. Um, I've become quite good at managing my time and finding efficient ways of doing things, but I don't always follow my own rules. <laughs> um, so I normally block shoot. So I will spend one day writing all the scripts. I've got to be in a real really intellectual mood for that day mm. um i'll also spend the whole i i'm always researching so i'm always looking at articles um trying to pick up mistakes from the comment section se comment sections of my videos yes are a gold mine for mistakes that people need to work on that i can then include in a video i see what everyone else is doing i look back at my previous videos to see how they've performed as well so yeah i do a day of writing scripts and then the next day, usually the next day whilst it's fresh in my mind, I'll do a full day or a half a day of filming. So I'll film four to five videos. And then I put the audio and the video together. I send it off to my editors. Um, but it's not as easy as, as it sounds because you have to communicate exactly what you want them to do. And uh, sometimes it gets to a point where they know you so well and they know your style so well that they can pretty much work out exactly what you want. But when you're taking a new editor on board, the onboarding process, that process of starting with a new employee, um, oh, this can be quite tiring. Um, yeah. So I normally write out a very exact uh, explanation of what I want done at each timestamp. Mm. Uh, so it does end up taking quite quite a while. And then I'll have maybe up to three revisions Um and then actually uploading it's quite intense as well. I still do all my thumbnails and everything. I really enjoy that. Mm -hmm. Generating the subtitles. I create free, uh, free PDFs for each of my videos now as well. So I, I make those by hand, but I hope to maybe have a bit of help with that at some point. You make them by hand. You sort of weave them. This is how yes. PDFs are made. You Crochet. Just, <laughs> you weave bite PDF. by bite. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean, obviously. I'm just being stupid but um love it that's interesting no it's really good that you've taken on other people uh because that's sort of personally a step i mean i have you know what it's like doing this there's a lot of work involved but yes it's uh, yes. another step entirely to bring new people in well i'm not as advanced as many youtubers are with having a team so yeah. to speak um but definitely here and there normally when i'm way past needing someone then i'll bring them on <laughs> um but it's a smart thing to do because they're not just helping you out. You're also helping someone out by offering them decent employment as well. Like it's, just, it's just been a really good experience mm. having people work with you because it's a very lonely job. I wonder if you, well, you work, 
teaching real students as well, don't you? But yeah, I, com- I find it so lonely. I do combine with what I do with actual teaching with classes of students mm-hmm. too. But when I'm not doing that, yes, I'm basically in my, my wife will be at work. She's got an office that's not far away. And, but mm-hmm. I'll spend most of the time just knocking around on my own. I don't mind so much <laughs> knocking around on my own because, you know, I keep myself entertained. I just, you know, play music and just, you know, do whatever I want. But a lot of the time it's just like, right, got to do, got to make my content, got to make my content. That can be quite hard to kind of stay focused. Yeah. I probably go a little bit mad as well on, on my own. Uh, yes. I mean, it's very easy to procrastinate, isn't it, when you're on your own? It's extremely difficult not to get distracted. And, yeah. and, and hours can fly past you. All it takes it's is like, I'm going, to go, I'm going to go into my Google documents to do some work. And on the way to Google, it's like, oh, Twitter. And I just like, <laughs> sometimes I'll click on Twitter um, without even realizing I've done it. You know, like literally, it's so it's so insidious in a way. Social media is that it like grabs you and holds you. Uh, For me, you... it's Reddit. Have you ever been on Reddit? Yeah, 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 yeah. I do Reddit. Oh, I'm an absolute addict. I can't can't get off once I'm on there. <laughs> I get my screen time report, and Reddit is so up there. Do you do you Scary. post on Reddit as well, or are, you, or are you just sort of reading? I do, but under a private account. Yeah, and um, I have had some successful posts in my time. Um, my dog made the front page. Oh, really? Wow. That's something. <laughs> That's something on Reddit. What was your dog? Yeah, do- definitely. Can I ask what your dog was doing? Or uh... He was in my, um, my fiancé's arms looking very silly. Um, yeah, it's a very cute, cute picture. And some people did work out that it was Will and Diego. They did recognise him. But it was very funny because a lot of meme pages on Instagram steal a lot of content from Reddit. And I'm used to my my English videos being stolen. But it was interesting to see, to log on to Facebook and seeing, you know, a random friend from school sharing this cute dog picture. And I was thinking, that's my, that's my <laughs> dog and my fiancé. You've got no idea. You don't even realise yeah. either. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. A lot of stuff yeah. does come from Reddit. Reddit seems to be quite a, a sort of rich source of original content and things like that yeah. that, that ends up being shared elsewhere. Uh, yes. So uh, uh, procrastination, that's what we were talking about. How do you manage that? Do you actually have a system? Because I know a lot of people have very organized days where they find ways to, you know, um, be productive and stuff. Do you have a, a, a fixed routine in your in your day? Um, so I, I like to break it up quite a lot. Um, so pre lockdown, it was going to the gym. Um, I've got a really small gym. It's just a room <laughs> with some equipment and we just do exercise classes there. I'm the youngest person there by probably at least 20 years. Mm-hmm. I hope I don't offend anyone <laughs> by saying that. Like, I'm 32. No offended here, are they? No, no. <laughs> Everyone's fine here, don't worry. But it's just the loveliest thing to go there and have a little bit of a social life, do some stepping around on a box or lifting a barbell meaninglessly and um yeah that's lovely a lot of dog walks as well and in the summer i love running so i listen to a lot of audiobooks when running i also have a very useful tool which i will show you some okay. of the younger folks may never have seen something like this it's a pad it is, it's a list book oh i don't think i can show you everything that's on it secrets um but it's um yeah, just this has changed my life. It's so silly. I was doing everything on my phone and I, it's very easy to put your phone to one side. But when you've got something written on your desk staring at you, you know you have to get it done. Yeah. So, 
Thing That's is, my secret to success. Thing is, though, I've got so many lists. Oh, no. So the thing is, like, I write lists of things to do, and usually the first thing on the list is write a list. So it's Love like, it. you know, I just, I've got lists which contain references to other lists. It's just lists <gasps> on lists. Complex. And I've started cross-section. Stu- oh. It's too complex. I don't get any, anything done. Like, like, for me, writing the list itself is a task. When you've already done something, but you're writing a list, do you write it on just to cross it off? Is that, is that no, who you are? No, I haven't quite got to that stage yet. But I do yeah, love crossing things off lists. But often I'll cross them off just because they're so old that, they, that I'm just like, well, that's <laughs> just done now. That's gone now, that is, whatever that was. I don't even remember. Cross it off. Oh, feel better. That's like yeah. equivalent to doing it for me. Yeah. Just crossing it off, even though I didn't do it still feels vaguely satisfying I'm, I'm really badly organized i need to get my, my act together um, well we spoke about this via email when we were planning this episode didn't we yeah and we both claim to be quite quite disorganized i'm disorganized if i let myself become disorganized um my personal life is a complete shambles not my actual personal life but my bedroom floor i have yeah. a floor drobe for example a floor drobe uh, but a f- yes I hadn't, he- I hadn't heard of a floor drobe before. I get it instantly, but um, I wonder if our viewers <laughs> understood what a floor drobe is. What is a floor drobe? It is where you use your floor as your wardrobe, where you store your clothes. So I just have a terrible habit of removing my clothing. Oh, yes, and also putting, and putting it, it on the floor. <laughs> Not just removing the clothes. Well, that's another habit, but I've had therapy for that. Okay, good, good, good. <laughs> Yeah, our bedroom is a bit like that, but it's not a floor drobe. Instead, we've just got piles of clothes in different, like, pr- yes. like precariously um, put on different objects. So folded? That, yeah, folded, nicely folded, oh, okay. then precariously balanced on an object. Then they fall, then they fall off. They become less folded and, you know, it's, 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 it's sort of, I don't sure it's a floor drobe. I'm not sure what you could use, what word you could use to describe that. But so you like living life on the edge, basically. My wife does, <laughs> <laughs> and so by by extension, so do I. I suppose. Yeah. Yes. In your relationship, is there is one more organised than the other, or or are you pretty equal? It depends in what in what context. Actually, I'm more. Oh God, no! I think we're equally disorganised. I would say. Yeah, same she, for she, us. She's, uh, she's more of the life organiser. She's more on the ball for things like holidays and. She's in. She's in charge. Basically, she knows what's going on. I'm. I'm just kind of like. Um, she's the sort of Steve Jobs, and I'm the under manager. I don't know. I can't, I'm, try, I'm trying to find a metaphor to describe my relationship, and I can't. But um, I think she's probably more organised than than me. Yeah. My my, my yeah, head's in the clouds, similar. thinking of you know stupid things and and podcast episodes and, and things like that. Whereas she's a bit more down to earth, probably. Yes. Yeah, it's funny how the dynamic sorts itself out. I definitely think our dynamic is like that as well. Um, but I also think Will's worked with his dad his whole life. So he's always had someone telling him what to do in quite an authoritative way. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's why. But I don't want to get too deep into that. It's a bit deep. Psychological. <laughs> but he, he runs a farm, so he must be pretty organised. Right? No? I think sometimes when you've... I think the farm is organised to an extent, but there is the issue with farms is just there is always so much to do. Um, mm. There's no such thing as right, we're done. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that doesn't exist. <laughs> there's always something to do. Yeah, 
uh, the thing that people used to say about farmers is that they would get up when the they go up, get up and go to bed with the sun. So does, well, this is is it still really true? true? Apart from going to bed, uh, getting up. Yeah, at the moment he's loving life, waking up at eight thirty or whatever, and coming in at dusk as well. Because especially when you're using um, machinery on the land. We are, we have quite clay soil, yeah. so it's very sticky. Yeah. So at night time, it gets really sticky, sticks to the wheels, and you physically can't drive the machinery on it. So that's a lovely excuse. I feel sorry for everyone with lovely light land who has to keep on going until midnight. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's absolutely true. But then in summer, different story, because obviously we have such long summer days in the UK. Um, in summer, he's up at four and back at back in after 10 it's a long day yeah, that is a long day yeah okay so winter's a good time what's the other thing that that um now this is this is something else i'm thinking farmers but now the the expression comes to mind red sky at night shepherd's delight but he's not a shepherd he's a farmer so you know just you can know. forget about that i think i think um i think his dad did do sheep at one point oh yeah everyone's done sheep at one point you're not a real farmer unless you've tried sheep. <laughs> uh, you mean um, breeding sheep? Um, <laughs> yes, breeding them. Sheep on sheep action, not any, not anything else. Um, oh Lord, no! <laughs> you did talk about doing sheep. I felt, you know, That's compelled. True, I felt compelled to highlight the innuendo. <laughs> oh dear, making it worse for sheep farmers everywhere. I'm very good at digging myself into holes here, but. Um, <laughs> So uh, well, I think that's what the farmers were doing. I think so. Ooh, red sky Ooh. at night, shepherd's delight is a phrase uh, in English, uh, which basically means if you look up at the sky in the evening and it, there's a red sky, then it means what? Shepherds will be happy. Does it mean that the weather's yes. going to be good? I think so. Must be. Yeah, I don't know if there's any science uh, behind that. Red sky at night, no. shepherd's delight. And we just watched the the weather. It's it's so funny when, you know, I go over to his parents' house and they're all sitting around and the TV's on. The minute the weather comes on, they're like little meerkats <laughs> looking at it like, what? It's the weather. And then they love to complain the next day about how wrong the weather was. It's never right. Yeah, it's the yeah. it's the gift that keeps on giving the, the weather in the UK. It's a perfect topic for, for conversation. It is brilliant. Uh, Lucy, I don't want to keep you too long. You've been very generous with your time. I could keep you know, rambling on to you about shepherds and sheep and <laughs> all sorts of things like that. I wonder if uh, if we've lost the, uh, the, the, if we've completely lost the audience here. Like, what are they going on about? Shepherds and sheep. What about Lucy's videos? Um, what, what, um, I'll, I'll sort of finish maybe by asking you, what, do you know what you're going to do in the future? Are you planning to just continue doing the YouTube videos or is there, if you've got like big plans or anything? Oh, we've got lots of plans. I mean, I've just released my first ever course, mm. which is a pronunciation course, British English, Modern Received Pronunciation course. Mm -hmm. um, and I did actually set up a little coupon co code for your listeners and viewers, if they want it. It's 15% off and it is Luke15, a very imaginative code. And you can use that at epiphanylanguagestudios.com, which is my website epiphanylanguagestudios.com this sounds really good is there a story oh, well I think it's good but I'm very biased <laughs> I know it does it sounds good epiphany epiphanylanguagestudios.com oh well, yeah um, and uh, is there a story behind this behind the name yeah of this? well an, 
an epiphany is a moment where you realize or understand something that's really important to you. And I kind of coined that phrase when I was, um, well, I, I, I had my own epiphany when I suddenly realized, hang on a minute, I think I'm fluent in Spanish after a night out and I had just conversed with everyone. I'd made jokes. I'd made people laugh. I'd laughed at people's jokes and I just felt on top of the world. Yeah. And I really want to make my students feel that way at some point as well. So I'd like them to have their own epiphany with me. Um, so we started with pronunciation because my pronunciation videos have always, always been really popular and it's a topic that I'm really keen on teaching. I really enjoy it. So in this course, we go through all of the sounds that comprise, comprise uh, modern received pronunciation, connected speech, intonation, rhythm and stress. There's so much there. I'm, I'm very, very excited. It, it just launched last month. That's great. Luke 15, if you want to get your 15% yes. discount. And I expect there'll be other courses arriving on Epiphany Language Studios. Studios.com. Dot com. Yes, hopefully, All right. hopefully very soon. Great. Lucy, thank you very much for talking to me and my audience. It's been a pleasure. And thank you for having me. Yeah. It's been lovely. Uh, yeah, it has. It's been lots of fun. And uh, good luck with the, all the courses and all the videos in the future. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure to be here. Um, I've loved talking to all your listeners. And, um, and yeah, I just think it's a really nice full circle that I recommended yep. your... A little podcast in a video. I say little. It's one of the. Well, it's it's massive. Very, very it's massive. Well, You've it? no idea. It is. It is. It's huge. It it's is. huge. It's, it's got global reach. I've got. It's extremely influential. I'm, I'm working think, on. I'm working on Vladimir Putin. He's <laughs> subliminally, amongst others. I, I sense self deprecation but in, in all honesty when i was typing in and listening to lots of different um podcasts there was a reason why i chose your one because i just very very natural and funny Thank i you. won't make you blush anymore yeah i'm very good at that <laughs> which is one of the reasons i prefer audio so people can't see my blushing face which is constantly just like ha, 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 ha. Um, same with me always my chin first i don't know why well you look fine lucy thank you it's been lots of fun, as I said, and uh, have a lovely evening. Thank you very much. You too. So that was my chat with Lucy, and it was very nice to actually meet her and chat to her like that, person to person. It's always lovely to meet people and actually talk to them properly, especially when you only know them from YouTube videos or something. Don't forget that you can get a 15% discount on all of Lucy's new pronunciation courses if you use the offer code LUKE15, and that's L-U-K-E-1-5. L-U-K-E, okay, not L-O-O-K or L-U-C-K. It's Luke, not Look or Luck, okay? Little spelling test there. If you... If you fail to spell my name properly, you will not get the 15% discount. So that should be an incentive to actually learn how to spell my name uh, in case you already don't know how to do that. Anyway, epiphanylanguagestudios.com. Epiphany is spelled E-P-I-P-H-A-N-Y, right? Epiphanylanguagestudios.com. Use the offer code LUKE15 to get 15% off Lucy's pronunciation courses. Now, we're not done yet. That's not the end of the episode. I still have uh, plenty of things to say here. I asked you at the beginning to listen out for certain bits of humour. 
self-deprecating humour and also some innuendos. Did you notice them? They were probably quite obvious, but let's see. So we'll start with the innuendos, actually. And just a reminder, again, of what an innuendo is, it's a comment which is indirectly rude or sexual, not a directly sexual comment, but one which is a bit ambiguous and could have a sexual meaning. And it's said with the intention of just being funny. I talked about innuendos and other types of humour in episode 447, which you may or may not have heard. I don't know. It was all about British humour and I was joined by the lovely Amber Minogue. Anyway, here are the innuendos in this episode. So the first one was when we talked about going to the nightclub Tiger Tiger. I think it was Tiger Tiger that we were talking about. And Lucy said that it was a language exchange. And I said, oh, were they just exchanging languages or... Okay, were they just exchanging languages or, or exchanging other things? So which other things could they have been exchanging? Now I'm going to get a bit explicit here and say bodily fluids, maybe. Or as loosely pointed out, uh, tongues. <laughs> a tongue exchange. <coughs> Bear in mind that this was in reference to people in their teens or 20s on Erasmus programmes socialising at infamous nightclubs like Tiger Tiger in London, where people typically go to pick people up or get picked up by people. And exchanging, well, tongues, let's say, is quite a normal thing that happens there. You can see why we do innuendos. It's because if you say it explicitly, it's just like, uh, it can be a bit distasteful. So it's, for some reason, more fun and less distasteful just to like, oh, were they just exchanging languages or? hmm? Okay. All right. Next. The next one was this. Um, Lucy was talking about uh, improving her Spanish. And she said, being with a Spanish guy, that is, I'm sad to say, one of the best ways to get fluent in another language. It's to shack up with someone. And I said, oh, learning by doing, as it's called. Okay. So learning by doing. There is a phrase, learning by doing. This normally refers to learning a skill by actually doing it, or perhaps learning English by doing something in that language, such as learning English by doing a cooking course in English or something, or learning to cook by actually cooking rather than just being shown how to do it by a cooking instructor. Instructor. What? Instructor. So that's learning by doing, but also doing can mean having sex. Not always, of course, right? It depends heavily on the context. Don't be scared of the word do. It's not always going to be potentially um, uh, an innuendo. Um, For example, if you said, oh, I'm just doing my homework, I don't think anyone would misunderstand that. You're doing your... (laughs) I told you to do your homework, not do your homework. And anyway, how is that even possible? No, I don't think anyone would misunderstand that. It only becomes an innuendo in certain contexts, of course, like this one, getting into a relationship with someone, and no doubt getting into bed with them too, can be a great way to learn a language, learning by doing. You see? Yes? Okay. Now, I've made that joke on the podcast a few times before, I think. Have you ever noticed it before? And you're probably going, yes, Luke, and it wasn't funny the first time. Okay, all right. Um, also, Lucy mentioned the phrase to shack up with someone. Now, that's not to shag someone, although it sounded a bit like that. To shag someone means to have sex with them. 
It's a fairly rude slang expression, which I don't count as a proper swear word, by the way. But anyway, that's not what Lucy said. What she said was one of the best ways to get fluent is to shack up with someone. S-H-A-C-K and then up, shack, to shack up with someone. This means to move in with them. It's quite an informal expression. A shack means a place to live like a house. Specifically, it's a sort of little house made of wood or something. But that's not really that important. The point is to shack up with someone means to move in with someone and and live with them. But the suggestion is also that this means being in a relationship with them too. And the suggestion is also that you're sleeping with them, right? So, um, to, you know, yes, one of the best ways to improve your language is to shack up with someone. Okay. And I said, learning by doing. Ha ha ha. And we all had a fantastic time. So, uh, next is, um, Lucy said this, we, we were talking about the fact that she has a floor robe, which is essentially when you uh, end up putting clothes on the floor of your bedroom because you're a bit messy or disorganised or something. And she said, I have a terrible habit of removing my clothing. And then a pause. And she said, oh, and, and putting it on the floor. And I said, not just removing your clothes. And she said, well, that's another habit, but I've had therapy for that. Now, I'm sure that you noticed this one. This was quite an obvious one, wasn't it, really? Um, uh, Yes. But nevertheless, there was a bit of self-deprecating humour in there as well, just for good measure. When she said, uh, I said, uh, not just removing your clothes. And she said, well, no, that's another habit, but I've had therapy for that. Suggesting that she, um, you know, that she compulsively removes her clothes. But I don't think she has a problem with that. Uh, Who knows? Maybe she does. (laughs) I don't know. Ask her her fiancé. Um, but, uh, oh no, we're getting far too personal here. I do apologise, Lucy, if you're listening, but this is me attempting to explain jokes and just digging myself into a hole, which is what I do professionally. I've kind of, um, you know, that's my particular set of skills that I've developed over a long career. Anyway, so, um, I don't think Lucy has actually had therapy for this. She just said that because she was being self-deprecating so that she doesn't sound like an exhibitionist. Okay, so... Uh, removing your clothes. No, that's another habit, but I've had therapy for it. I don't think she actually has. She was just being self-deprecating. Another one, another innuendo. We were talking about shepherds, right? A shepherd is someone who keeps sheep and looks after sheep. Okay, so I was talking about shepherds and I, I said something like, you don't have sheep on your farm though, do you? right? Because they grow crops on the on their farm. And I said, you don't have sheep on your farm. And Lucy said, I think his dad, meaning Will's dad, I think his dad did do sheep at one point. I think everyone's done sheep at one point. You're not a real farmer unless you've tried sheep. Uh-huh. Wink, wink. And then I said, you mean, you mean breeding sheep, sheep on sheep action, not anything else. Maybe that was too clumsy of me. And she said, oh, Lord, no. Uh, And I did say, you did talk about doing sheep. I felt compelled to highlight the innuendo. I'm very good at digging myself into holes here. And then Lucy said, I think that's what the farmers were doing, eh? So uh, digging yourself into a hole, that's what the farmers were doing. Okay, do I need to go into that any further? Oh, there's another one. No need to go into that any more than the farmers did. Um, All right, fine. Okay, I'm not explaining that one anymore because it would just be unnecessary and um, uh, not appropriate. Okay, fine. So, 
another one was self-deprecating humor i asked you to notice those things and um we had lucy lucy's bit of self-deprecating humor before and another bit was when i said my podcast is massive it's got global reach it's very influential i'm working on vladimir putin subliminally now i'm i'm not really is that self-deprecating humor um it is because it was super duper sarcasm Obviously, I was being sarcastic and saying, yeah, my podcast is massive. So such obvious sarcasm can also be a sign of self-deprecating humour as well, can't it? Oh, this is getting a bit too complicated and metacognitive. Anyway, obviously, I'm not really working on Vladimir Putin subliminally or even overtly. Right. It's okay, Luke. We all understood. Everything's fine. Everything's good in podcast land. Fine. Okay. Um, anyway, I thought I'd mention those things because just in my professional experience, moments of humour and things like sarcasm or, let's say, irony or, you know, innuendo, uh, euphemism, those are the sorts of things that people often don't notice. So I thought that I'd flag them up just to kind of go, hey, did you notice that? Because, you know, we're learning, aren't we? Yes, learning English. That's the That's the idea. There may be other specifics that you didn't notice or didn't understand in this conversation, listeners. And if you want to make sure that you got it all and learn loads of English from this episode, then check out Premium 28, which is either coming soon. I haven't actually recorded it yet. The plan is to do that today if I have time, maybe tomorrow. Um, But anyway, check out Premium 28, which is coming soon or available now depending on when you listen to this. I've got about 50 other extracts from this conversation full of target language for you to pick up and add to your active vocabulary. 50 things that I think that you might have missed, just little phrases and other things. Check it out. That's premium episode 28 in the Luke's English Podcast premium subscription, available for premium subscribers now or at least very, very soon. To find out more listeners about the premium subscription, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info. So that is basically it then, listeners. I think that I'm going to play the guitar at this moment in time. How about that? That's the sound of a guitar. So I'm going to play guitar just to just to please myself if anything i don't know if it will please you some people like the guitar bits at the end of episodes and they write comments saying oh can you do more singing please and more songs on the guitar and i think yeah all right then if i feel like it i do feel like it today i go through phases of playing the guitar sometimes i will just really want to pick up the guitar and i'm like really itching to play not that i'm an amazing player or anything but sometimes i just feel I just really feel like it. And at the moment, that's one of those times. And what I like to do is kind of just do cover versions of other people's songs. I'm not a great songwriter, but I like to kind of look up the chords and lyrics of songs that just um, I think of and then try and play them. So the one I'm going to do now um, is an Oasis song. I talked about Oasis on the podcast with my brother earlier this year you might remember but this one is called some might say from 1995 and i think it was a single but it's definitely one of their best ones 
So let's see if I can do it any kind of justice here. And guitar players, the song is actually normally in D. Down there, but that's right. My, it doesn't fit my voice as well. I don't have the greatest range in terms of a voice, but uh, when the song is in the right key, I'm okay. But down there, it's either too low or I have to go too high. So I'm going to use the capo and stick it on the fourth fret and do it there instead. Okay. All right. Let's do it. By the way, you can find the lyrics linked on the page for this episode on the website so that you can have a look at the lyrics, but or you just Google them. Some might say Oasis chords or some might say Oasis lyrics and you can have a look at the lyrics too and you can kind of speculate about what they really mean. Okay. Is that in tune? Hold on a minute, let me tune up. All right, I'm tuned up. Some might say the sunshine follows thunder. Go and tell it to the man who cannot shine. Some might say that we should never ponder On our thoughts today cause they will sway over time Well some might say we will find a brighter day Some might say we will find a brighter day Cause I've been standing at the station In need of education in the rain You made no preparation For my reputation once again The sink is full of fishes Cause she's got dirty dishes on the brain It was overflowing gently But it's all elementary my friend say they don't believe in heaven go and tell it to the man who lives in hell and some might say you get what you've been given if you don't get yours then I won't get mine as well and some might say we will find a brighter day And some might say We will find a brighter day Cause I've been standing at the station In need of education in the rain You 
made no preparation for my reputation once again. The sink is full of fishes, cause she's got dirty dishes on the brain. It was overflowing gently, but it's all elementary, my friend. Some might say, some might say, some might say, you know that some might say. Thanks for listening. Speak to you again in the next episode. But for now, it's time to say goodbye. Bye, 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 bye. Thanks for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar, and pronunciation teaching from me and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.